Every sport has their big, juicy controversy. Boxing has the Mike Tyson ear bite. Cycling has Lance Armstrong. Baseball has its steroid era. Curling has... Broomgate. It's a story of broken relationships, houses divided, corporate rivalry, and a performance-enhancing broom. It was a year I'd like to forget. Broomgate. Available now. Welcome back to the final hour of Blair and Barker. Um, what are you doing this weekend? What am I doing this weekend? I'll be doing Blue Jays talk on Sunday. Uh, and like 40 uh, minutes. What, what are you doing before? Like, what are you doing Friday tonight? What are you doing tomorrow? Are you doing something fun? Are you taking your wife somewhere to dinner? I mean, get off your wallet and... Show her how special she is to you. She deals with you every single day like you're doing something nice. My daughter's in Paris. Okay, even and, more reason. And, and my wife is away in, in Ottawa, so I'm by myself. Oh, so it's going to be... Stogies in the backyard Stogies watching. in the backyard, yes. Can't watch hockey because that's... No. And you wouldn't? I wouldn't anyhow. <laughs> uh, Stogies is, in the backyard is, is watching a little baseball. Is there soccer going on? Uh, not, nothing. Well, there's MLS. But, cricket. I, mean, I will watch a little cricket just... For you know what, some giggles. Watch a little cricket. Uh, Is there a favorite team that you haven't put you on the spot? West Indies, Windies. That's why I wore the the Windies jersey the other day. Huh? Like, is there a big difference between that team and like lesser teams? No, there's. They're, like, can you tell when the they're elite. playing like they they just beat up everybody? I like them because they generally are. A, they have a they have a lot of fun when they. Okay, I'm going to put you on the spot here because oh, I have Jesus. no idea. I don't know well, that much how, about cricket, what, Parker. What is, I just like watching a sport good? where like foul it, balls are it, good. Well, is it is it they have good hitters? Is it that they have good pitching? What is it? They've got good bowlers. Is that a That's a pitcher. That's a pitcher. That's why I'm asking because I've never and, watched it. And they do have I a, need to watch it. And they do have a Sounds good. Sounds cool. And, and they also, I just like watching a sport where there's a position called silly mid-off. What does that do? What position, what does that do for it's their It's a team? silly position. It's I understand that, but what does it do? I don't know. I know, I'm not, I don't watch. It's not like I, I. I don't watch a lot of cricket. I just. I like watching. I like the things that go on in cricket. That's all. But I mean, I'm not. Right, uh, I, mean, I don't know enough about strategy. And the uh, you're teaching me something. Spin bowlers and all that. I know what a googly is, but I. I don't. What I don't is know a googly? What, googly's one of the bowls. It's a. It's a bowl. It's like a pitch. It's a googly. Spring and Caleb Joseph. Well, don't say you know what it is if you didn't know what it was. Well, I, I'm, again, I, I told you the story about. Being in the Jays clubhouse one day, and for some reason, I don't know, crickets on one of the TVs. This is years ago. It's Eric Hinsky. And Hinsky and I are just talking, and he looks up, and it's cricket. And he says, are you telling me that you hit a foul ball and it counts? And I say, hey, he goes, man, I could make money. Do they make good money, cricket players? Caleb, how you you doing, man? Nothing about crickets, what you're saying. No, it's not like it's not going to be the thing I'm definitely going to. It's one of the things I will I'll binge watch a show called The Bureau as well, and I'll watch I'll watch the Blue Jays try to hit Zach Granke. That, that's, oh, okay. that's it. I mean, it's a, that's my weekend. It's not I'm right. 62 year old. What am I going to do? I, I, I'm barely staying up at a hot night out for me is staying up past 10 o'clock. So, huh? Let's bring in Caleb Joseph. How are you doing, Caleb? I'm sorry you had to hear that. 
No, you stole my line. I was going to say, man, I, I, I picked the wrong sport with all the foul balls that Me I did. I could have been a billionaire in cricket. I could have been a millionaire in cricket. <laughs> can you make a million bucks in cricket? Yeah, you can make money in you cricket. You play 20 years, I guarantee it. Yeah. Look, any sport where they have tea time and they break for lunch, come on. Oh, that's tremendous. Uh, come on. Everybody needs to eat. perfect. We got a lunch break. So uh, not much has changed since we last talked to you. <laughs> Baltimore's Baltimore's one of the best teams in Major yeah. League Baseball history, as you predicted. Uh, ten wins in a row, and, and uh, John Schneider's managing the Jays. Look, you, you've spent time around that team. Uh, you, you played in that team. Are you, are you surprised at all that John Schneider is managing the Blue Jays now? No, I'm really not. He, he had the respect of the players. Uh, it was very obvious when I first showed up in 2020 that he had those established relationships with a lot of the core guys. You guys have mentioned it with the Biggio, the Bichette, Lourdes, uh, Guerrero. And he had, he had those relationships in place in 2020. And I, I really liked the interactions I had with him. And I think he's going to do a fantastic job. And I think he's going to bring some elements to the club that are not going to say sorely missed, but are are needed to kind of jumpstart and get the club moving uh, in the right direction in terms of 26, 27 guys pulling on the exact same rope in the exact same direction. Caleb, you've been in the room and we haven't here lately as as a player. Is this one of the teams that you think needs a voice like a manager that would, you know, hold people accountable that maybe the players won't do? Is that a big deal for this team? Uh, I 100% agree. I, I Yes. The answer is yes. And I was in that clubhouse not too long ago, and that was a void that I sort of felt, and which is why I kind of started the whole rah-rah thing in uh, the post-game stuff and just trying to be that voice. And if it's not going to come from uh, the manager, somebody's got to do it. And I'm not in the clubhouse with a Springer or a Chapman or, or this year, but it seems to me that somebody's got to kind of be that guy. And I think John Schneider is going to be that guy. And look, you have to, you have to answer three questions uh, as a team, as a manager, as a coach, who are we, where are we going and how do we get there? And of course, everybody wants to go to the playoffs. Everybody wants to win a world series, but like, what's the identity of this team? Really? Like what's the identity and um, how are they going to get there? And I think John Schneider is going to be able to go in there and really establish that and establish how they're going to get there. And for me, I know it's so simple to just look at the bullpen. It's so simple to look at the ineffectiveness of a couple starters, the ups and downs of the starting pitching and the, back and forth of the offense. But for me, it's all of the little details inside the games that start to magnify all of these issues. So uh, base running blunders, uh, not hitting the right cutoff men, just free 90 feet giving on an unexecuted block, all of these little bitty things that are so easily passed over in the course of a game that really matter. The margin for error in the big leagues is so small to win, and it is really difficult to win a major league baseball game. You have to do so many things right. And so if you think you can just show up with talent alone and just out-talent people, uh, it just doesn't work that way. And I really think that John Schneider is going to come in and really focus on those details of the game, which is going to tighten up that team, and it's going to create a real good sense of unity and culture and i know barker i I listen to you a lot at the end of the day if the players don't play well it doesn't matter but 
think about all these movies that we watch, right? Mm-hmm. It's that we love in terms of teams or players or people that go out and they just do more than they're probably supposed to. Well, imagine if you have 25, 26 guys pulling on the exact same rope. And remember, this is just a different generation. These are kids that that really want to be led. You know, a lot of people think that, well, you know, you let the kids play and back off. But I'm telling you, inside that clubhouse, men want to be led. And even alpha males, they want to be led, especially if they can get behind the person and where that person wants to go. If they believe and trust and respect that person, they'll jump on board all 26 guys and they'll have at it. And so I think John Schneider's that guy. I think he's going to come in and, and really start to nail down some stuff. And I think you're going to see them start to play really tight baseball games. And once they can play those really crisp, tight baseball games, then let's really take a look and see if the talent's there. Because I believe if they get out of their own way, they'll be all right. Caleb, we we spent, we started talking in spring training about the idea that Vladdy was going to hit second in the lineup. We know that John Schneider was an early proponent of it. We know that the Jays front office, the analytics folk talk, folks talked about it. I mean, it's a thing in baseball. Your best hitter hits second, you get more at-bats. The Washington Nationals tried to sell Juan Soto on. I mean, all this stuff, it's, it, it, it's a thing. For whatever reason, it didn't happen. Vladdy was in the cleanup spot. Sorry, Vladdy was third and Bo was in the, the number two spot. It took John Schneider 24 hours hmm. to make that move. Um, I don't want you to throw anybody under the bus here. I really don't. But how does how does that happen? How does something how does an idea that everybody's talking about not happen for two months and then all of a sudden happen in twenty four hours? Is that just a reflection of John Schneider's ability to talk to Vladdy about it? I believe so. I really do. And again, I, I Charlie Montoya, one of the best men in baseball and the way that he fought for me in 2024 roster spot, I will never forget. And one of the most respected guys I've ever been around. I just wonder if he was able to really have tough conversations with guys and really get out there and kind of get in front of something that he may really want internally, but does it outweigh the potential of somebody being quote, uh, upset or out of their routine. Well, at the end of the day, it's about winning baseball games, right? And if you, like I said earlier, if you get 26 guys with no egos pulling in the same direction, it shouldn't matter if you want an extra 15 seconds to put your batting gloves and tie your shoelaces and put your jock strap on in the middle of innings to hit, right? It's about convincing the player that this is not only best for you individually, but it's the best for the team. And like I said, John's got that. He's got that respect and he has it. He's earned it over the years and years that he's been inside the organization, and especially with personal experiences with these players. But yes, it's, it's about going up to somebody face to face, sitting them down, having a real conversation man to man and opening those lines of communication up very, very openly. And I believe he's done it. And I love it. I mean, we just talked about it. What, five, six, maybe even a week ago um, about putting Bo down there to get hits with guys on base. The guy just gets, he finds ways to get hits. And it, it, it seems like the order of those guys will really start to produce some really good things. And I love Vladdy up there and look, figure out a way to put them batting gloves on real quick. If you, you want next 20 <laughs> seconds, you know, to get ready, hustle your rear off the, off the field. When, when the third outs made, get, get a nice jog, nice sprint in there, get your little ladder going, 
strap on those batting gloves and, and get ready. But I think it really bodes well for the team. And again, it's just a matter of somebody getting on board and saying, hey, you know what? I'd like to ask you, and I hope this is met with uh, your blessing. But at the end of the day, this is happening no matter what. And I think uh, I think Vladdy probably realizes that's the best thing to do, and uh, and John's got that respect. Okay, Caleb, can, can you explain to me a, a little bit, because I've been trying to, to figure this out all season, when you watch a right-handed team who should be able to make in-game adjustments as a lineup, as a whole, one through nine, quicker than they have been making them. As a catcher, you know, you look at the game a little differently than, than most people because you've been behind the plate and sequencing, and you know how to set guys up and what not to throw them and what not to double up on them. Why, why is it that you see consistently good hitters with the Blue Jays seem to not be willing to buy into a certain approach of, if you face a guy like last night, Zerpa is a guy they've never faced before. He's left-handed. Those 95, he'll mm-hmm. go in off the plate. He'll throw a slider that he tunnels. But you could tell he made a, a, a purpose early in the game to establish that in off the plate. I knew it was coming. You knew it was coming. Jeff knew it was coming. It just huh? seems to me like they would rather go up and look slider and to say, okay, I've never faced this guy. I don't want to look for that. I want to look for something hard, straight, and then I'll adjust everything else. Is that what you're seeing? Am I overthinking this? Or is I, I'm on to something and they should try and maybe make some adjustments before the actual game starts? Yeah, you're on it. And it just comes down to discipline, right? And it comes down to unselfish ABs and having the right approach. I, I love it when the Blue Jays get ready to hit the heater. And I just love it when they are on it. It really, I'm not, I'm not sure this is a team that can go up there and sit off speed and just react to the heater. The velocities are too high and they have that speed, but a lot of these hitters are out over hitters, right? They like the ball out over. There's not a ton of guys that really truly like it inside. So if you're sitting soft in terms of a slider and you've got a left-hander that's going to be coming inside it's it's almost a double whammy a lot of these guys they got to get going a little bit more because their approach is to right center a lot of them Bachette, Lourdes even Springer can go to right center Vladdy can really stay up the middle so to get that pitch inside you've got to be really ready and on time and that bat head has got to get out in front of that left knee and so if you're sitting slider and they're crowding you on the inner lane as a right-handed hitter, you're going to see a lot of jammed, really uncomfortable swings. And, hey, if they know going into the game this guy likes to do that, I'm trying to ambush him early and swat him out of there because then he's stuck of throwing that ball out over the plate where you really want to. And sometimes you got to make a small adjustment to do something early on in the game to get what you want later. And sometimes it's staying on that low and away slider early in the game and shooting something to right field to get them to challenge you with a heater. And that's just, it's again, it's development, but it's just a solid approach. And when, I, whenever I'm on the radio, I talk about solid approaches whenever they have them because it leads to hits, it leads to runs, it usually leads to a good offensive game. When they show up and they have what seems to be no solid approach, they look very similar to any other average major league offense. And there's no reason for that. This offense should be blistering the ball and it's not their swing. It's not their timing. 99% of the time for me, it's just their approach. And can they have a plan, go up there and execute it? Sometimes they do. It looks great. When they don't, they look average.
Caleb, is that an organizational thing? Like, it just seems to me like this has gone on the entire season where they they look more secondary pitches than they do, like you said, getting an athletic position to hit velocity, adjust to everything else. That sounds to me so simple because you have talent and you have that simple approach. Think long, think wrong is what you used to do and what I used to do because we weren't as good a hitters as these guys are. It just seems to me like it's it just doesn't seem like that is – that should be the way it is. Why is it not that simple if we're thinking it and it just should carry over to really good hitters? Yeah. Well, you got to remember, too, that the, the influence, we don't really know exactly the influence of a Springer, the influence of a Matt Chapman, right? Mm-hmm. So Springer's been doing it for a long time. And you just, there are conversations going on all day, every day about hitting. And you know, Bo, and you know that. Guerrero Jr. and Lourdes and, and, and even Teoscar, they respect what a guy like Springer has done. And goodness, I mean, you hang a slider to Matt Chapman, he's hitting it 500 feet. Like, he don't miss hanging sliders, right? Mm-hmm. And so when you're around the club and when you're around the cage every day, it's some of these things, they're not, they're not, I'm not saying product of your environment, but approaches – can possibly change, right? And when they hear a George Springer possibly talking about, okay, I'm, I'm, I'm sitting slider on this guy because I have 18 at-bats against him and he's throwing me nothing but sliders in 2-0 counts and they see him execute it, it starts to kind of create some different approaches, possibly. I'm, I'm, I don't know this for a fact, but I, I'm based off of experience, when new players come to teams, those core players are usually talking to them, especially when they have a lot of uh, success and experience and just trying to learn. And sometimes trying to learn takes you out of your strength. And I found that multiple times trying to talk to Nelson Cruz about hitting. I am never Nelson Cruz, will never be Nelson Cruz. (laughs) And why in the world am I trying to do Nelson Cruz things? I can do one thing and that's hit a middle end fastball. And if you throw it anywhere else, I'm out. But I spent a couple of years trying to do what he does. And it's like, I can't do that. So sometimes when you drift away from strength, you start to kind of find your way down a bad path. And so, I'm just guessing here, but if I if I had to put my finger on it, it maybe in the absence of of some other players or even maybe some staff is, is another thing too, really helping to solidify some very basic approaches for players that have really massive strengths. And at the end of the day, if Vladdy sits on the heater, he will react to that slider. And you, if you can't get a heater past Vladimir Guerrero Jr., you're screwed. It's only when he's laid on the heater that he gets in that weird in-between, and that's when he becomes vulnerable. I think a lot of guys are that way, too. And you nailed it. Caleb, really good of you to do this, man. Thanks so much. Great stuff. Thank you. You got it. All right. We'll see you. Yeah, Thanks we'll again. see you down the road. Take care. It's Caleb Joseph, Sportsnet Blue Jays analyst with uh, some very intriguing insight into, I mean, what, he into what makes that team tick. And, Absolutely. And, and again, you, know, you remember Caleb Joseph was a guy that would do the, the rush air drumming thing. And, well, he and just told you why he did it. He was he was, he was was a, a very important part of that clubhouse dynamic in that team. And, and uh, if you talk to guys around the team, uh, yeah, the, he, every now and then, every now and then you just need somebody to kind of, to just kind of break the, Kind of break the mono- the day to day stuff of the game and and just make it make it really really fun like over the top fun. 
Maybe. But I, th- I think high, performing at the highest level does that. It's very hard, at least from my experiences, <laughs> that if you're struggling, you, I mean, Caleb can come up and play all the air drums he wants to play. I'm not going to like it just because I'm doing bad and I, th- I think I should be doing better. But there's so a I way think you it's can... about performance-driven things. But there's a way you go about doing it that sure, overcomes that, Sure, right? but I, I, I think to his point is if you'll hold your high, your best players to the to the – the accountability that they're supposed to be held to, you will do it to everybody else. Yeah, that's right. And and I think that's the point here. And maybe it just sounds like that the manager that's left wasn't doing that. Not again, I don't know this, and I'm just hearing it from Caleb and, and the rumblings from players that are saying these things out loud. It sounds like the 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 change had to be made. Yeah. I, I mean, I hate to say it that way because Charlie is a a really nice man, but man, you listen to Caleb right there, huh? Yeah, and and, and you know, I can, as I said yesterday, and I, and I didn't mean, and it was blunt, but I meant it just as I said it. The I've covered, what did I say, nine managerial firings. Different guys, obviously. Nine managerial firings. And then, you know, there's a couple other things with John Farrell leaving the team and all that. But essentially nine managerial firings. And I have not seen, I have not seen a team turn the page as quickly as this team did. Just in terms of what guys were saying, what guys were doing, how they looked. And that's... I don't think that's as much a reflection of Charlie Montoyo as it's a reflection of the situation that kind of developed and that Charlie Charlie was unable to to have an impact on. I think that's what it comes down to. And Charlie Montoyo is a good man. He's a good baseball man. I don't know if he was able to have the right type of impact when an impact was needed. So it sounds to me like they were trying to pull all in the same direction and it wasn't happening that way. And they need a guy that is going to lead them and, and tell them what they need to hear, even if they don't like it. Well, That's you know, everybody. It, it, it may it's be, hard to hear that. It may be possible. You look at this team. Vladdy and Bo, they're still young. They've been around, but they're still young. Mm-hmm. George Springer, this is his second year. Kevin Gossman, this is his first year. Matt Chapman, this is his first year. Jano's been around. He's kind of the, the, the guy that's been around for a while. Uh, Lourdes has been here for a while, but it's, yeah, they're, it's it's not like this core group has been together for five years at the major league level. And it's not like roles and everything have been, have necessarily been defined. And that does happen in clubhouse clubhouses. You develop roles. There's a clubhouse joker. There's the guy. Nobody wants to talk to. There's the guy who makes sure that when you go out for dinner, a couple of other guys get invited who may not be invited. I mean, there's, there's always those guys in the clubhouse and, and maybe those roles need to be, uh, need to be determined here. And, and, um, you know, having a guy in John Schneider who knows who knows what these guys look like when they win. Might okay, by by talking this way and by having Caleb talk this way, now the the there's no more excuses. Well, we've talked about that. There's no there, more. there's no more excuses. Like now, it seems to be all lined up the way everybody wants it lined up. Uh, all year long, we've been giving you a chance to win Blue Jays tickets on Blair and Barker, whether you listen to the radio or on the podcast. All you have to do is text the correct answer to our daily baseball trivia question. Text it to 590-590. Yesterday, we asked you who holds the Tigers record for most saves in a season. It was Jose Valverde, 49 in 2011. I wasn't getting that. Mm-mm. 
Today's question is to win tickets to see the Jays and Tigers at the Rogers Center on July 29th. Name the former Blue Jays pitcher who won two games for the Tigers the last time they won the World Series. The former Jays pitcher who won two games for the Tigers the last time they won the World Series. Text the answer to 590-590 for your shot to win. See rules at sportsnet.ca slash 590. Barker's back leg bits in a few minutes. DMs are still open. We've got a lot of questions for Kevin Barker. We'll get to as many of them as possible. And when we come back, the manager of the Toronto Blue Jays, John Schneider, will join us. It's Blair and Barker on Sportsnet 590. The fans, Sportsnet 360, and wherever you get your favorite podcast. Every sport has their big, juicy controversy. Boxing has the Mike Tyson ear bite. Cycling has Lance Armstrong. Baseball has its steroid era. Curling has... Broomgate. It's a story of broken relationships, houses divided, corporate rivalry, and a performance-enhancing broom. It was a year I'd like to forget. Broomgate. Available now. Discussing the biggest stories that matter to Toronto sports fans. The Fan Morning Show with J.D., Blake, and Alish. Be sure to subscribe and download the show on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts. Sportsnet 590, The Fan. I can't do Barker's back leg bits unless I get the uh, the old laptop computer. Hey, Slick, right. it's not even plugged in. <laughs> that would be why it's not working. Hey there. See, man, I basically spent two hours with thinking that the laptop was plugged in. Why didn't? What? I mean, don't be afraid to don't be afraid to bend down and do. You know, don't be afraid to bend down and help help a brother out a bit. I mean, I can't do Barker's back leg bits without the citizen. laptop. Yeah, the, that takes me a while. The, to... Get the little loader there. You don't. You can't even bend over to plug your laptop in the socket. I mean, it's a long way down. <laughs> it's a long way down. <laughs> I'm sorry. Let's bring in John Schneider, the uh, manager of the Toronto Blue Jays. Sorry you had to be subjected to that, but um, yeah, we had a slight technical malfunction. Uh, Jeff's getting old. John, that's the point. No, just not getting old. <laughs> Barker with a technical malfunction. That's weird. Yeah. Hard to imagine that Barker wouldn't wouldn't uh, help a brother out, eh? Yeah. Isn't that surprising that he lets you just twist and look at it? Um, hey, uh, very public congratulations on, uh, on the job, by the way. Well I know we've, we've been able to, to do it privately, but uh, congratulations on, on the job. And, uh, well, what's it like to be a 500 manager? <laughs> Well, first of all, thank you guys. I appreciate it uh, very much. Obviously, like I've said, it's been a little bit of a uh, uncertain or kind of a you know bittersweet couple days. But um, thank you. Uh, and uh, being a 500 manager is way worse than being you know one and zero. But um, you know, kind of getting my footing a little bit. And yesterday's pace was a little bit more normal. And um, just want to really keep the. Uh, keep the intensity up and keep the, you know, keep the pressure up or keep the pressure on and, and uh, finish this first half with, with three in a row here. 
I was gonna I, I was gonna ask you, John, because you know the the timing taking over from Charlie five days before the All Star break. I, you know, guys get to a certain point. I think it's a long season. And, you know, people, some of the guys are going to the all-star game. Some of the guys are just going to take some time off. I presume some guys will just hang around here with their, their families maybe. But how, given the fact that that is such, that's a seismic change for any team to have a change at, at coach or manager, how important was it for you to, it's like, you got to get everybody's attention right away, knowing that in a couple of days time, you're not going to have them for three days, Right. Right. Yeah. Um, I think it's, you know, you try to do the best you can as quickly as you can and not do too much at the same time, if that makes any sense. Mm -hmm. Um, Just try to keep the ball rolling. But at the same time, like you said, get everyone's attention, make sure you get the key messaging um, across to all the guys. And and it is weird because it's a handful of games and then it's a handful of days off before jumping right back into it. So um, you definitely want to kind of get everything out that you want to get out before everyone kind of uh, takes a break for a few. Snides, I, I remember the first time I got called up to the big leagues, it, it, I had that moment, that, that moment that finally I've made it when I started to put on my, my big league pants, right? The, you've been it. Minor, minor league pants a little different. They don't fit. They're too short. They're too long. <laughs> like they're just not comfortable. And then I put my first pair on at the big leagues. I sort of knew it as a manager, right? It's it's different putting your pants on as a as a bench coach, then it is a manager, I'm assuming. Have you, have you had that moment yet where, you know, you were doing something and you're like, man, I'm here. I finally made it. <laughs> uh, great analogy. And, yeah, it was yesterday doing the kind of the pregame media in the office. You know, it's kind of like this is different. This is uh, not not part of the norm. Uh, that's, it's just kind of just, you know, you see other people go through it. You see Charlie go through it and. Um, when you're doing it, it's just like, okay, yeah, this is different. I think in the dugout and baseball, you know, I think it's what I've done for so long and we're well prepared and, you know, kind of have everything planned out and then adjust accordingly based on the game. So the baseball part of it, you know, I kind of found myself the last two nights feeling pretty comfortable and pretty, uh, pretty normal, um, especially last night compared to two nights ago. So I think it just did the media stuff and, and, uh, the attention that you need to kind of pay everywhere is, uh, is the biggest difference. Okay. You know, the, the big topic, and I've had this conversation with you, I know in spring training about Vladdy moving, putting, being in the two spot and, you know, it took Mm -hmm. you 20, it took you 24 hours to, to, you know, sort of figure out that that's sort of going to make your team better. But I don't want to talk about where guys are hitting in the lineup because, you know, that that's sort of an individual thing and it's a mindset kind of thing. And it just, for me anyway, mm-hmm. the optics are there. I want to talk about individual things. And, I, and just for me, John, it, correct me if I'm wrong, but it, the, when this team really is going to get going, it's all about Vladdy. Like, Vla, Vladdy just seems to be the, the steering wheel. He's the guy that's sort of going to get this headed in all the right directions. You just think individually, uh, sort of two parts of this. Have you seen something different that you think's correctable with Vladdy in short term? And do you think moving him up confidence-wise will help him just by saying, we want you to get the extra bat, we believe in you? You think that's enough? Um, I think so. You know, I think it's kind of a two-point. I think you can kind of kill two birds with one stone with this. By moving him up, I think he's going to be pitched a little bit, I don't want to say differently, but a little bit more carefully. When Vladdy's Vladdy and he's doing damage um, and he's getting on base, he's being a little bit more selective. And I think over the past couple of weeks, pretty obvious that he's been a little bit more out of the zone with his swings. Um, 
So I think when he's doing the combination of both, it's you kind of get the best version of him, um, not trying to do too much. So I think it is correctable. I don't think it's anything mechanical. I've seen him swing um, for long enough. I think it's just more approach where it's, you know, hey, make sure that you get a good pitch to hit and put your, you know, elite swing on it. And if you don't get that, pass the baton to Kirky, pass the baton to Bo, and hopefully away we go. So I think you kind of you kill two birds with one stone by having him in that spot. And, um, you know, it's, I love how open he was to it and how, um, how professional he was when we, when we spoke about it yesterday. And, um, you know, I really do think it's the best thing for the team and best thing for him. You've been around him an awful long time. What don't people know about Vladdy? Like, we see him play, and, and that, but is there something we don't know about him or something that we maybe overlook or undersell about Vladdy Jr.? I think uh, a couple things, yeah. I think everyone sees the smile and everyone sees him joking in the dugout and having fun on the field, um, which is totally true. He is, you know, he is that as well. But the kind of teammate that he is in the clubhouse is, is elite. The kind of prep that he does every day from a physical standpoint, uh, game planning standpoint, even a defensive standpoint, um, I think that gets overlooked at times. And when you're, you know, a player with his talent and you uh, – you, know, you want to take it to the next level. You got to do all those little things, and he is just—he's uh, a really a pro when it comes to the prep and uh, and the teammate aspect. One of the things Kevin Kevin asked you about the the lineup and some of the some of the changes. Uh, look, when, when I've got to think when you're a bench coach, and and you made this point, and I think you were talking to Pat and myself yesterday about Casey Candell, and you said you you've kind of told Casey, look, I want you to kind of manage the game. Think think through the game as if you were managing it, because that's the input I want from you, right? I want. Mm-hmm. I want the input from you viewing it through um, um, through the eyes of a, of a manager. You know, do you have to almost guard against trying to do too much too soon when you take over? Like, this is the job you've wanted for a while. Uh, you know, you've wanted to be a big league manager. It's built up to this. You're prepared. Clearly, the organization thinks you're prepared. Now you got the job. Does part of you have to just say, okay, like, I can't. I can't eat the whole thing at once, right? I can't take a bite of the elephant <laughs> no, at once. I got to start at one part and, and work my right. way around it. 100%, yeah. You know, you want to come in and kind of say, you know, put your stamp on it. And by no means was the lineup saying, okay, I'm here and this is what we're doing. That's just kind of collectively what we feel. But you want to do what you can when you can. It's not going to be an overnight, you know, shift in anything. It's going to take a little bit of time, whether it's stuff, you know, tactically on the field or whether it's just relationship building or um, just getting the feel of, you know, how we're going to, how we're going to operate in the clubhouse. So it's, it's weird because it is a condensed season at this point. So you want it to happen quickly, but you can't force it at the same time. So that's the biggest balancing act. I think going forward, it's kind of having that feel of, yeah, this is what we want to do and who we want to be portrayed as, but not overdoing it and saying, you know, this guy's coming in with his hair on fire and trying to do too much. Steins, it's the reason why the Yankees went out and got two catchers that can put the right fingers down and control pitchers. You know, that, that word control is a big word. Right? And, and when Danny Jansen's not on your team, you can see a big difference. And I don't want to take any way, anything away from Kirky because he's made some big strides. And I'm not telling you anything you don't already know. But just watching sure. Danny and, and, you know, the way as, as close as you see it, Take us inside that. What, what's the big difference between Danny and a lot of people that do the things that Danny can do? 
experience for one when you look at kind of who we have at that position um, just you know right now but I mean knowing the kid forever in the minor leagues and he's he's very much a uh, team oriented player he's into relationships I think every pitcher that has ever thrown to him trusts him I think every guy on his team that is you know around him is comfortable with him and when you're putting down signs back there you know everyone on the mound knows that he's doing it with conviction and he's doing it with a lot of prep work so not, again, like you said, nothing against Kirky. Um, he's done a phenomenal job from, you know, all things considered from that position as well and has really um, advanced himself pretty quickly in the time that he's been in the big leagues. But Jano's kind of the – he's kind of the heartbeat of the team a little bit. And, um, you know, we love having him back. Uh, I don't expect any state secrets here, but I, I, I was once told that every manager – every manager has something they won't do. Right. Regardless of what, regardless of what, I mean, there's just a thing. Every manager has something has got a principle that I, I, I won't do that. Do you have things that you just will not do? We talking like on, on field strategy on or field strategy? Talking, yeah, I'm sorry. Like, on fire the guys up. No, I'm kidding. no on field strategy. Um, you know, probably, but I can't think of them off the top of my head. Okay. You know, I'm, and it's, it may sound cliche, but I'm going to listen to every idea. Mm-hmm. I may come right back and say that, yeah, that's not going to happen. Um, but I try to let it digest a little bit. Um, you know, I think over the course of time, I will probably have a much better answer for that. Right. I've been through it a little bit. But, I mean, if it's uh, really, if it's anything that can help us win a game or anything that can help a player be put in a better spot to succeed, I'm going to be open to it. Um, so I think that uh, time will tell. Uh, until one of those one of those non-negotiables comes up, you know, one of the things that any any time a team has has performs less than it expects or less than the fan base expects or the front office expects, people start looking for signs that something's awry. Right? It's just it's human nature. We do it uh, in every sport. Baseball, because it's a day-to-day thing, gets done maybe more than another in other instances. Do you, when you're in place here, are, do you sort of take the approach? Like, do you have an identifiable leadership group in that clubhouse that you will bounce things off or, you know, that you will rely on to maybe give you a little bit of insight? hundred uh, percent. Yeah. Um, we've had that put in place from the beginning of the year. It's something that I value very highly. Uh, and when you're when you're doing this every day with the same guys every day, there's going to be bumps in the road. There's going to be ups and downs, and um, that's something that I'm going to constantly try to stay ahead of. So, um, you know, it's their team, right? They're running it, and we're there to kind of nudge them when we feel like it's getting off track. And our job is to try to stay ahead of it, and um, you know, make sure that everyone's pulling in the same direction. And if it means talking to some key guys or spending more time in the clubhouse just kind of just having conversations and feeling guys out. That's what we're going to do. And, uh, you know, the more you can keep that, that train on the right path, the better off you're going to be. I've seen that from every level of baseball my whole life. So definitely going to lean on some guys and, um, you know, they're going to do the same to us and hold us accountable to do the same. John, we're going to let you run. Really appreciate your time. I know with the family in town and with the, the new gig and everything, it's been really hectic. So, again, congratulations, and uh, we'll, we look forward to chatting with you. Be well. See you, buddy. Thanks, guys. I appreciate the time. Take All care. right, see you guys later. Absolutely. It's John Schneider, manager of the Toronto Blue Jays. Uh, and, um, 
yeah, it's uh, like I said, Buck Rogers, when he managed the the Expos, used to say, told me one time because we were talking about it was an, it was more like a guarding, guarding the thir- guarding thir- guarding the lines late in the game. Like there are some things you have to do, and there's some things that getting I, the pitcher up, not using him exactly. Like just I will not do this. And I asked Buck that question one time, and he said, "Yeah, there are a couple of things." And I said, "Can you tell me?" He said, "No, you got to figure it out." Mm-hmm. But well, what it ain't, what it ain't to get the pitcher up, and not use him, because he did that last night. Yeah, it ain't that. Yeah, I mean he's got to use him if he's got him. So, I, it's interesting listening to him talking. The question you ask about, you know, how, how how much urgency will he have of managing a baseball team, and what the outcome of his managerial career could be with the Blue Jays, and how if I put my this is me talking, if I put myself in John's position how I would act and how much more, I don't want to say pressure because that's the wrong word. You know, how, how why not? Had an attitude. Like if I think I, if I'm on the fence on whether I should hit and run, I'm going to do it instead of not doing it is my point. Because you just don't know what the future is going to hold for you. Will you think there'll be a little bit of that? That for me is the line he's got to play. That's the, that's the, you got to think about that, right? What's best for the team and what's best yeah. for you. There's something to that. There's it's an individual thing. There's no doubt you'll make more money being the manager than you will be the bench coach. Yeah. And if you win, like there's a just a, there's a lot goes into that, and that's an interesting answer that he gave you when you asked the question. And I was thinking along when I what my answer would be to that if I were the manager. Yeah, it, it's and the timing is the timing is interesting because again you got it's not the guys check out before the All Star break. But it's a long year, and and four days off looks awfully good on July 15th. I'm looking forward to having four days off next week. I I, I just am. And and to to bring a new manager in, and there's all this, you know, this change and this churn, and even if the players are happy with it, it's still something new. And we got a game tonight, and we're playing, and we won that game, and we lost this game, and I got to play again, and we got Sunday, boom, on a plane, and... The All-Stars have gone to the All-Star game, and for four days, I kind of, you know. Oh, and then we get back at it against the Boston Red Sox. It's probably going to be Chris Sale. It, it, it's, you know, it. I would expect to see a certain amount of urgency these next three games. I think, I, I think he's exactly right about Vladdy. I brought that up to him because I've had the conversation with him before. Like I, it's it it's really really the at bats. It, it's sort of everybody else mm-hmm. feeds off of how your best player's doing, and when your best player looks like Vladdy's looked, you you, you sort of try and make up for it. And you do try and do too much, and most people don't have the talent Vladdy has, and it looks the way it's been looking. You know what time it is. It's time for Barker's Back Leg Bits. I don't know who he was praying to, but Barker's like, get up, get out of here. And the guy's right at the fence. Like, I got this one, you know. The umpires would throw the balls out. Like, hey, Barker's up. Bring in the six balls. We need the dead ones. Bring in the dead ones. The mayor, Sean K. We got to get the mayor on again sometime soon. Mm -hmm. Uh, Reminder, by the way, I mentioned this. uh, We'll be doing Blue Jays talk on Sunday. Then uh, we're going to step away for the All-Star break. We'll be back on Friday with Blair and Barker. Pardon me. And then uh, we'll be doing Blue Jays talk uh, a week from Friday as well. So that would mean Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday. Um, We'll have days off. Mm. And, you know, if the Jays do something, 
There will be an emergency pod dropped. Mm -hmm. Trust me about that. Uh, Barker's Back Lake Bits. It's that time of the show where you get to ask Kevin Barker questions. DMs are open. SN Jeff Blair. Papa Pete. Nice. With Vladdy not quite right at the plate right now, is it time to give him more, air quotes, scheduled days off? Nope. Just let me finish. His bat isn't helping a lot. Put Biggio and Lourdes at first base. Or is this the problem he needs to stay in the lineup to eventually solve himself? Love the show. In other words, what Pete is saying is maybe change the approach. Instead of giving him scheduled days off, keep him in the lineup so he can work this out. Yeah, giving him days off is not going to change the fact that he's been chasing. He's not getting a good pitch to hit. Uh, the, the game plans have been off. Besides, was just on here. He said exactly what I've been saying. Mm. And that, that giving him days off is not going to change that fact. So I, I play him and. I mean, he's still got 20 homers. You know he what? can still c- catch fire and carry your team for a month, and that's what they're hoping for. Speaking of days off, do you know what the one biggest unanswered question on the Blue Jays is right now? Why Bo doesn't get days off? Why Bo doesn't get days off? Well, I was going to ask Snides, but he wouldn't give us the answer. No. So I didn't ask him. No. I, same thing. I mean, he does all. He, he does the same testing the high performance department gives everybody Maybe he's else. More limber than everybody else. That's just it's interesting. It I, I'm not saying there's any like there's any ooh there's any conspiracy. I just found it interesting. It's something that I've never actually thought about. Something I didn't think about until somebody pointed it out to me in the field when Bo. I mean, I was there yesterday at two o'clock. I got there early. Bo was on the field before I was there as I was getting, like I got the press box really early. Bo was already out mm-hmm. in the field with Luis Rivera. And and I've always kind of had this, this talk and we talked with Dante about it a little bit. Like uh, he's, he, it just seems to me that he's always, he's always, he's always doing something and he's always playing. I don't know. I just, I just thought of that all of a sudden. Why we never, why Bo just doesn't seem to need Bo, a day Bo off. Bo might be the one guy that needs the four days away. He might be. He yeah. needs to walk away for a while. Let, yeah. let, let it breathe. Yep. Maybe it's been too much. Uh, somebody, I'm going to need him too. Uh, somebody, uh, there you go. Big shout out to Barker's Finicky Feet commercial. Um, yeah, that was interesting. Uh, I just lost the question here. Thank you for doing this, Jeff. Uh, Aaron McDonald. Uh, oh, he talked about uh, something that somebody said about... Um, you know, whether or not when you get to the trade deadline, if the Jays take a look at where they are in the standings, he uses the word unload, but maybe do you change your approach and instead of bringing guys in that help help get you over the hump right away, you kind of take a more long-term not me, look? Not me. If, if, you're, if you're Ross Atkins, you got to take a serious look in the mirror and say, I had a little something to do with this. I'm not taking care of this before the season started. Yeah. You, not me. Not well, no, and, no chance. And and you you've you, you've uh, you you've changed the manager. There's there's there, there's yeah. really one thing left. There's one thing left to do in yeah. season. Ain't gonna fire himself. There's one thing left to do in season. Uh, Travis Henry. This is a very a broad question, so I'm gonna. Uh, but I like it. I love the show. My, uh, I would like to know Kevin's this from Kevin's perspective. What makes baseball so much different from any other team sport? You hear coaches in basketball, hockey, football come out and they'll say our team stunk, our guys didn't show up, our guys didn't come to play. Baseball players are grown men. Why does it seem like a manager come out and say our offense let us down today? We didn't have a good approach and our key guys getting to get it done without the players getting offended by. Actually, the reason I'm reading this, Travis, is I, I think 
that to me was one of the signs that things had changed with Charlie as he started being more and more uh, critical. But I also think that Charlie was awfully critical of one part of the team. He was critical of both the pitching staff. All the time. Well, we're going to hit. But our pitching, boy, it wasn't good. It sounds to me like just by listening to people talk. Again, I'm not in the room. And I, and I, I feel like I don't want to go down that rabbit hole. But just by listening to people talk, that clubhouse hasn't been good in a while. I'm not a big fan of that clubhouse thing, but it just sounds to like that they, Charlie and the players were going in two different directions yeah. and it, it was a must to, to go a different direction. Look, I, I think baseball is a different sport because it's a marathon. It's, it's a longer season. Uh, it's there. There's so many different parts to playing baseball. There's so many different parts that you have to concentrate on. There's a defensive part of it. There's a base running part of it. There's a throwing part of it. There's a hitting part of it. There's a there's a strike one part of it. If you're a pitcher, there's a mechanics thing. There's a there's a yips thing. There's a there's so many different things that go into it. And and on top of it, there's a mental grind of if it ain't working, well, it's working in my in my throwing my BPs or throwing my bullpens, and now it's not translating. There's so many different things that go on into to doing that. And there's a it's a bigger group of people. How many how many t- how many players are on a hockey team? I don't know that. I don't it's know. Like 20, there's like the same, the same, the same amount. number. Well, it's it's a again. I, I I can't speak about hockey. I can't speak about basketball. I can't. You spend more. I'll tell you this. The big spend, thing is you spend twenty four seven together with the same guys. That's the big difference. Is uh, baseball team guys will start showing up at one o'clock for a seven o'clock game. They'll leave at midnight. They spend a lot of time together with each other. I mm-hmm. think that I, I think that's the biggest thing. And I also think that, uh, you know, in baseball, you've got a lot of guys. You've got the, the more varied backgrounds than a lot of other sports. There's just a lot. There's a lot going on. There's a lot going on. And you've also got, as someone once told me, Jeff, when you're scuffling, you've got a lot of time where you're just standing out in the field doing nothing to think about how bad you're doing. You do. You really you get do. Get forward bats a game. All right, that is it for Blair and Barker today. As I said, we're going to be off Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday. We'll be back on Friday to get you set for the second half of the Blue Jays season. Enjoy the All-Star break. Enjoy the baseball this weekend. We'll see you down the road. Every sport has their big, juicy controversy. Boxing has the Mike Tyson ear bite. Cycling has Lance Armstrong. Baseball has its steroid era. Curling has... Broomgate. It's a story of broken relationships, houses divided, corporate rivalry, and a performance-enhancing broom. It was a year I'd like to forget. Broomgate. Available now.